0: Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. Today's guest is Nathan Adams from BDL Recruitment. Uh, Nathan has been on the podcast a couple of times and he did our mastermind a couple of years ago. So we got to work really closely with him on the shape of the business and he's actually come back and he's doing a bit of advisory work with Charlotte at the moment. So she's in there helping him structure his new business, which he talks a little bit about today. Uh, Dan Alexander has helped me out presenting today, and he gives us some great insights into sales leadership. This podcast is sponsored by Luxo and Sourcewell, two products we've been using for years, and I can't recommend them enough. Hope you guys all enjoy this. Um, I've got another great podcast to be released this week, and uh, it is part of a series I'm doing with Andy Hallett palette on non-executive directors. So they're the people that come in, hold a board meeting, um, help you with your strategy, keep you accountable, and help you build a business that you're looking, ideally looking to get sale. Um, and it's fascinating the different levels of of non-executive directors out there, all the way from I suppose like the lowest level would be you know, if, if you did a mastermind with us and you were just starting out too, if private equity engaged one of the top tier guys to work on an investment strategy and buying a company and then building it up so it could be sold on to the next person. And then there's all the different specialists in between, but myself and Andy are kind of going to go through a lot of the leading voices in this space, uh, just so you know how it all works. Okay, over to the episode and have a great week.
1: Hi, Dan Alexander here and this episode is brought to you by Required, the all-in-one go-to platform for serious recruitment professionals, owners and founders who are looking to grow their businesses. Now, we'll actually be launching the new online platform very soon. And if you'd like to be one of the first people to get access to our state-of-the-art learning platform and vault of online resources, then get in touch with us through the link in the description of this episode. All
0: right, welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. I'm joined today, as ever, by my co-host, Dan Alexander, the performance coach. Is that what we're calling you now? What are we calling you? Have you got rid of that neuro thing that you were calling yourself before?
1: Yeah, that's done. That's That's done. done. We've evolved, right? We all all evolve. Yeah.
0: Evolve Um, or die. Evolve or die. (laughs) Um, Well, we're going to talk a bit about that uh, to Nathan Adams today, who's evolved his business. How are you,
2: sir? I am absolutely fantastic, not very happy that I'm the third best looking bold man on a call of three people, but we'll keep moving. Yeah, and the youngest out of us as well. Yeah, doesn't look it, does it?
0: Yeah, God, it's been tough. I'm, old right?
1: are you? Yeah. I'm 28. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Thank> you, <Dan. laughs> no, no, in, in a really good way. <laughs> not not from looks, but just I'm just jealous. Yeah. Of what? No one's ever said that. So the best uh, is yet to come.
0: The the check <laughs> shirt. Let's let's start let's start with that. The che- what's you? You, what's look like, ch- you look like every man in my home pub in Donegal on a Friday
2: night. I wish <laughs> I was in your home pub on a Friday night. Hey,
0: we would have some crack. Although it would take us a little too long at this tender age of forty for me to recover. Forty. I know. I know. I know. You could be my son. I might be. we'll not get down that road Um, okay so uh, cover a few things today we'll talk a wee bit about hustle culture Dan Dan, I think has been called out for being the poster child of hustle culture and I don't know what do you think about that Dan
1: behind every successful person there's going to be a pack of haters and I think the thing is the more we're putting this out there, and the more this message is getting out, the more people are going to not like it because all well, recruitment's gone soft, right? There's there's too many candidate experienced people out there. There's too many, you know, be a nice person. There's too many mental health stuff. It's great. It's good to have balance, but where's the hard stuff gone?
0: Where has it gone, Nathan? I'm too soft. I'm I'm the I'm 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 part of the problem here. By the way, I'm a, uh, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't Look, know. I'm, 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 yeah, I, I'm the I'm the exact same. So, I, like we just said, I'm yeah, I'm I'm only twenty eight. So, what my recruitment experience, a lot of it has been bought in with the soft stuff, so to speak. But I I think I am one of the very few that one of my biggest regrets is recruiting recruitment. You know, when I speak to people, when we're in the rec- white group, when we're in that, and you hear some of the stories of people who. are older than me, who have had the hustle culture, have had the being tied to a desk, you don't leave your desk until you've done X amount of calls, you don't do this, you don't do that. The way it's grounded a lot of people, and look, there's obviously negatives to it, you know, there's obviously negatives and there's a lot of positives about having a positive work culture and having a bit more that people have got more freedom. And I know everyone in this call has done what they want to do for a bit of freedom, you know, and a bit of free, and, you know, there's got to be an element of that. I do regret not having the hustle culture and the grounding. And I think there's well, a lot dead for it. I yeah. um but just to I,
0: stop just to stop you there, I, yeah. I did get gi- I did give you an option to have that hustle culture. But oh, you go you man. ghosted me in London with eight interviews set up over two days. What a bad guy.
2: I did I didn't get two of them. Didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, did. um, no, I uh I no, I I'm very I'm not I'm not Big headed. I think I didn't, in even my first role in recruitment, we might go into this, but that really wasn't a hustle culture vibe. You know, I very much created my own hustle culture, my own structure, my own setting myself targets of making X amount of cold calls a day. And I'm not leaving until I do this. And I do. But honestly, I often regret not being around someone. And being around an environment that is high performing, and I don't really understand why that's a negative thing. I don't yeah. understand why it's a negative thing to be pushed out of your comfort zone. I think the more people are pushed out the comfort zone and made into that, some of the people that have been created in that dinghy group when I'm in that group is is unbelievable. You know, and I've 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 never experienced that, but I I'm, I'm probably one of the very few that gets jealous when I hear some of the stories of the uh, ex hustle culture game. I think.
0: Yeah. Or as we like to call it, recruitment ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I sure. like I I remember when I started in Robert Walters in in Perth, I had two months to prove myself to get a visa. And then you know the the visa kind of rolls on a little bit, and then they own you, so you, you know like oh god, if if I'm not at it, it is it, it it's it's over and. I'm back pulling pints in Brussels, what I was doing before or something, you know, like it's a, it's it, it's a, it's a scary one and you just get used to it. You get formed with it. It's exhausting at the start and then it becomes habit and then you get that urgency that I can't seem to put into people. And we talked I, about it last week. It's very hard to train that remotely.
2: You, yeah, I, I, I can, I can talk about a real world example, really, but we got careful. be careful. I say. We, we recently had somebody
0: <laughs> <in the business. laughs> uh, We had Alex Dick on last week. You don't have to be careful. Yeah, uh, so that's, we... going,
2: that's going to label <laughs> for sure. No, it, actually, I'm not. It's not It's not to criticism on this person individually. We just had to have a conversation of, I think people have still got this old perception of recruitment, of this amazing amount of money you can earn, et cetera, you can do all this, but don't want to put in that that BD, that element of it, you know, it was, well, I want to do this, but I want to get to this. And I sat down and said, well, I'm, I'm showing you how you can get to this. We've got a commission structure. We've, yeah. got, a, we've got a platform. and can show you how you can earn it. I can't do it for you. You've got the capacity. You've got the desk. How do you want to yeah. do it? Two weeks later, they left because it was just, well, if you want that, you can get it, but yeah. I can't do it for you. You know, and it is that element of you can take it. What is it? What's the saying? You can take a horse to water, you can't make it drink, can you? It is is that. that?
0: There's the the famous analogy of having a conversation with the sword and asking the sword, like, what was the most difficult part of your life? Well, it wasn't all the battles and, and that, because I was already sharp and, you know, I was cutting through things, it was being forged. And and the heat and the grind and all of that and the and the welding it and the smashing it and all of that so it could come out like, like the weapon it is. What do you make of that, Dan?
1: I love that. I'm stealing that today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, right? Yeah. Um I think it's just going on what well, Nathan's just said there, it's it's this culture of instant gratification. You know, we're at a point where if you want a new Canada of the goose jacket yeah you can get it on Klarna you haven't got to work for it if you want a new Rolex you can get it on finance like you haven't got to work for things and that's translated I think into the modern recruiter a lot of the time you're so right about being forged or having that kind of that the hard upbringing in recruitment because when it gets tough you've got reference to go back to you've got context you've got experience when it's tough a lot of the people aren't saying these things because They've they've never experienced it. You know, they've grown up recruiting in these boom times of twenty twenty plus, where it's like it's been all great and all gravy. But recruitment's not like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of them are experiencing that. They had the harder side of it now, and and what that means and all the rest. But sometimes you have to be brought down a peg or two for that. Yeah.
1: Right? And and the future of recruitment will be way better because of this period. This is going to spit out all the pretenders, right? All the people that can't make it in this in this game will be purged from the market and in five yeah in five (laughs) years time we're gonna have a better a better recruiter kind of landscape because and then they'll be referring to yeah i I grew up recruiting in 2023 you know post covid and that will be the new like 2008 recession line i think
0: yeah like the you go to the you go to the the expo now and you listen to some of the stuff and it's like this isn't real. Like, you're not real. Like, wh- you're not like somebody I met. Like this isn't this, this isn't my experience. Like you're giving a false image of what our industry is.
2: Yeah, we 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 had a lot of that and we'll probably go into it a little bit more, but you know, we I I started this business in April 2021. So I I come out of it when it's in a little bit of a dip, a little bit. And then we had, obviously, the surge, which was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. We hired a few, and it was all great. And then, exactly like I've just said with some of the conversations I had to have, the started. yeah, well, can't do it for you. You know, how are you going to do it? I can plan your day out. You've got the date, You've got everything. We've got the strategy. We've got these out. We've got everything. But... You're just going to have to roll up your sleeves. You've got to do 10 times as much as what you were doing to have the same amount as what you were doing. So if you want to do double what you're doing, you've got to do 20 times the amount you want to do. And if you don't want to do that, I can't do it for you. And that is... And unfortunately, I you think you're exactly right. that It's making a few of them stronger. I've got a guy in my team now who targets himself on doing 25 cold calls a day. And he just will cold call. And he'll do it until he's done them cold calls. And he's banging his head against a wall... And then the market shifted over the last couple of months. And the success he's getting now, yeah, right. Because he's got that little bit of grit where you know, I've told you the story before. We had one that went one way, we've had one that's gone the other. Yeah. But in two years' time, he'll be absolutely when the market picks back up, he'll be absolutely if he stays in a habit of making 25 cold calls a day still, he'll be absolutely flying. Wow. It is it's just that it's that differentiator. And I think it's made me realize that again, like what I've said. You've got to give people platforms. You've got to train people. People need different development. People need individualization. And that's absolutely fine. But sometimes it is a little bit just about that grip. Yeah. <laughs> it right. is just about that personality of I will help you. You've got to help yourself. Are you back in the office now? Um, we're in the office. We're we're still not a culture of fully in the office. Um, we've got an office, everyone's relatively local. We have days, we like on a Monday, everyone comes in. We have probably two days a week where everyone comes in and then it's up to other people what they want to do. So some of my guys do three days a week. There's a guy who does five days a week. Someone does two days a week. I'm not, we're not precious over that. That's that's one of the things we're not precious over. Um, We are hiring two people for a separate business and they're going to be remote roles, um, but they're slightly different to recruitment where we're going to do that, so... Yeah, we're, we're still trying to adapt around that a little bit.
0: Walk us through what the the, the two different businesses and how did you stumble upon the, the new area?
2: Yeah, so, well, obviously, I started the recruitment business in April 21. Um, we specialised, I've got to call it BDL Recruits, not recruitment. Went for a rebrand and I'm still in the old habit of saying recruitment. So it's BDL Recruits. Um, we started that in April 21, Um, we specialize across two different fields, which is ed tech and educational training. Um, so two quite niche, different things. Um, we do sales and operational level staff, um, across both of those. We've got people in both different remits. Most 90% of the business is still in the UK. Um, dream is to expand that internationally. We've done a little bit of work across Europe. Um, we're just waiting for the right time to do it. Um, land and expand a little bit. Um, That's the dream, and that's the dream for the next 12 months, probably. Um, I used to be a person who would go, I want to do that, and I'd do it in a month. And now, like, I've surrounded myself with slightly better people, and you get stung by just trying to do half a job, and that's not really what we want to do. So over the next 12 months, we're going to start doing that a lot more. Um, We opened a sister business called BDL Connects. Um, In our training market, um, there are a lot of them are government-funded, and there's a lot of government funding in terms of getting junior level talent into tech businesses for free that is a funded program. And one of the things that they just don't understand or don't have that level in these government funded is the recruitment element, is the linking in, is the employer relationships, which is we're coming in as a bit of a brokerage. Um, mm. So we're becoming a brokerage between these tech businesses that we're working with and the government funded companies um which is really well it's going really well um we we've got this on a contract base. we've been running it for 3 months we've nice. now got four or five contracts that are on 12 months recurring revenue which is really nice so we've got that separate business because lovely the, the recruitment side's great but starting at zero every month we have, we have two or three contractors out at, at the minute which is fantastic which is great and I love it but not enough that we're, we're a perm business um so yeah yeah starting at zero every month if i had here before i started it which i didn't i'd definitely have none now um so yeah it's um it's nice to have that balance and it's really worked that we've got both sides of the business and over time our plan is that all these new businesses i mean we're in with some some of the employees we're in with, have, it's really helped us open door with some, some footsie-level businesses, which is amazing. Nice. So over time, in terms of going into the experienced hires in the recruitment side, we're going to start transitioning and start linking in for the experienced hires and the junior hires. So we're becoming a bit of an all-in-one consultancy is the plan. Lovely. Would you say
1: Would you say it's easier or more difficult to get cash out of government-funded companies? Uh, once you're in it's good
2: um Mm. it's a lot more legislated um and you have to be doing things in a lot more i've never looked at as many procurement slas things like that that we have to be ticking a lot of boxes which is not my is not my area of expertise and we've got someone in the business who's a lot better at that than me now thankfully um Mm. but once you're in it's good and it's it's a remit i've been working in for about six seven years so it is a remit that i understand these 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 Training providers, these government providers, so they're they're a bit more of a brokerage. So we're becoming that kind of middle ground on that. But it's a lot more legislated in terms of the way things are. But once you're in, it's yeah, it it's obviously a lot easier. But you have to have a lot more understanding. It's not as I know. I know we've just been talking about hustle culture. It's not as cold cally. It's not. It's not that kind of remit. It's very much you have to understand your market and you have to be providing a valued service into that. In order for
1: it to be justified, but there's a different type of hustle with that, right? Because to get, like you say, if you're the founder and you, you're trying to get, like you haven't got that person in the business, it's it's the hustle to get through that SLA. It's the hustle to get through that tender. It's like, and whereas you think, oh, you know, am I bothered about doing this or like it seems like extra work? Like it's not all cold calls. Like some, there's there's different types of work, right? Yeah. Um, especially as a founder, like you know, you you've also got to you know. Yeah, fair enough. You started the business in 2021, but you're also running a business, like which is tough in itself, right?
2: Yeah. And we're obviously it's been a bit of a challenge for me. As I say, you know, i I've I've not got all the, I've never pretended I've got all the answers. And I think that's been a massive learning curve for me over the last couple of years. I'm I'm very what am I good at? You know, and yeah. that's something I've had to learn a lot of. Um and obviously, we're not a huge business. no we're not this like footy level business. I don't think that, but it's it's finding out what you're good at and what I'm good at is talking to the customers and and growing the business. and that's really what I've stuck to doing now, and that's really what I spend most of my day doing. um we've got someone in the business who is marketing operations who's very good operationally day- to day thing
0: and 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 a good advisor as well.
2: yeah, got a good advisor, not not yeah. me <laughs> <And> my, <laughs> the better version of him um yeah but well, that's it's been a huge it is it's been things like that these last couple of years it has been leaning on different people not thinking you're this epicenter of all the knowledge and you know absolutely everything and you've got all the answers it's using people like charlotte um and also using charlotte i mean i think i did a charlotte did a whole day's consultation didn't she of the business and a complete strategic review of the business and everything and it's it's kind of chucking pride out the window a little bit. And yeah, that's what I've got a lot of dan
0: Dan's going through it at the moment. Like she'll she'll cut everything down to every miniature piece of a process and question everything. And then you, you have to reevaluate and it might work and it might not. But as somebody who came up with the idea or the strategy or the piece of content or whatever it is, you have to, okay, can I take this feedback? How does that work? Okay, can we improve it? Do we need to improve it? Do we push back? Do we it not? It's uh it's just good having different voices, whether they're right or wrong all the time.
1: Charlotte's oh, exceptional. She's yeah. very talented at what she does. Like she's doing the exact right thing that she should be doing. Phenomenal. It's, yeah,
2: it's been it's been really good and it's it's yeah. helped it's helped me a lot. We we did that. We we then we spent a lot of time going through that as a business. And I've got three or four three or four people in the business who we probably trust and want to be more involved in decision-making particularly from the recruitment side and the other side of the business and it's getting them involved and having a lot more involvement and i think we've got charlotte in to do a bit of training with the whole team you know i'm very conscious that as a small business they can just hear one voice all the time and that would just be me and i don't know everything i've not been there doing everything and it's it's embracing that and getting different people involved in the business and it's helped grow the business because it's not become as reliant on me. And it's not me having all the answers because I haven't got all the answers. And that's not a, that's just something you have to adapt to, I think. Well,
0: when you look at it now, Mm -hmm. and I know Charlotte's more on the operations side, but I'll steer more into Dan's expertise on the performance Mm -hmm. uh, side now. Um, What could you do to, I don't know, get get your average billers up to bigger billers? Like how could you... uh, what, what do you think it is in the business that you could squeeze an extra 20% out of? And
2: I don't mean the account management government side. The, yeah, the, the pure recruitment side. Yeah, I think what we've got at the minute is we have got the right people in the business in their remit. I'm trying to give people a lot more control over their area. So be that be tech, be that be the training companies, et cetera. We've made our data very clean. That's been the key thing that's gained the extra 20, 25% out of us. Um, mm. We've got a head of operations and marketing who's, in, who's involved in both sides of the, of the business. And she, she's exceptional at kind of content writing, copywriting, and making sure everything's streamlined. And I think it's it's individualized content that we're sending out to each individual customer, client, and spending a lot more time around that and making sure that everybody is seen as a specialist in their market. Um, a lot of it is becoming a lot more. I've never been a KPI-run business um, because, and I think that's from a selfish perspective of I've never needed them because I've always been quite self-managed. Yeah, but yeah. Not everybody be self-managed, and that's something I learned. Um, and that KPI of people actually respond really well to, no, we want... Individual mailers sent out every week. We want these amount of LinkedIn messages. We want these amount of cold calls. We want these amount of CVs. We've we've concentrated a lot more on the inputs, whereas I'd say the first year of the business, I was solely looking at the outputs. Like, yeah. oh, how much money have we made? Oh, how much money have we made? Okay, and I, obviously, I looked at the top level things of how many were found from LinkedIn, how many found from this. But I was very, very top level yeah. and concentrating more on the inputs has completely changed our business and having everybody have control of their own inputs and sitting with everybody and giving them control, but also moving that around each individual has really helped because everybody likes that. Everybody loves a target and putting that in actual terms of how much money you can make and what you can do and what you can be involved with Everyone's everyone's motivated by different things. I've got guys in the business at the minute that really, really want to be involved in the in the longer term strategy of where, they, yeah. where their division goes. Brilliant, come in. Let's have a conversation about it. I've got one guy who could not care less about the strategy. Of
0: is, is he the 25, uh, 25 a day cold caller? Yeah, a little
2: yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, let me
0: let me ask a quick, because because that he's the one that fascinates me, um, <laughs> because I think you as an owner can do the business stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan, when I hear that 25-a-day cold caller, I don't think they build many of them anymore. And what I want to know is how, as a business, can somebody see that and go, I want his energy to infect everybody and this to become the new standard?
1: A couple of things. So Culture. The BD culture is huge. There are so many companies out there that have just got their legacy accounts. That the founder won maybe a few years back. They've lived and died off of those for years, right? And there there isn't a BD culture within the business. Um, and secondly, I think that data, like you, you've you've hit the nail on the head, Nathan, like having clean data, a lot of the times it's the case of people, people try and get more out of somebody, like in terms of inputs, and they'll whip them harder and they'll say, you know, just do more, um bd prospecting right do more cold calling to clients which is great but when you're when you're people are scratching for the data and they're scratching for the people to call and they're trying to make lists like have that stuff first right that's yeah. that's the first thing is is have that if you're gonna practice your your free kicks have a hundred balls lined up before you're going to kick them, don't kick one and then go to the shop and buy another one and come back 20 minutes day It's you've got to get into a rhythm and I, I think it's culture is the answer to that question
0: and can i just ask just on that point would do you think the research piece should be done by the business or by that consultant considering there's so many different skill sets out there and some mm. of us are retarded
1: if you <laughs> if if you're gonna if you're gonna be an expert in your space like and this is this isn't just this isn't just about your desk, about your business. I think this is just a life lesson, right? Be accountable. Don't say I couldn't make the calls because the business didn't give me the leads, yeah. right? I bet you haven't really got a like like you say, the, the, the cold caller within your business, you haven't got to tell him what to do. He's probably accountable in other areas of his life as well. So don't make excuses, right? Be accountable. And if the business isn't giving you that, like, yeah, the business should, the business and the consultants should be working in tandem for a line goal. But if, if the founders on other things and like, don't make excuses as to why you can't get that data and make it happen. The best guys will always make it happen no matter what. And that's, I think it's just about accountability.
0: Just one more question on that. I'm like Colombo here. Um, When should that research be done? Because one of my pet hates is people just doing lists and not taking action on things.
1: Yeah, at the end of the when like in the dead times, right? I'm I'm a big fan of three sprints a day, right? So a sprint in the morning, a sprint at lunch, and a sprint in the afternoon. You're um, doing your admin and building your lists and doing all your search and all the rest of it. But in those sprints, I'm doing nothing but calling, nothing but. And even if you get through an app, have a good conversation, the the danger is people are like, oh, I just had a good conversation. I'm going to follow up. I'm going to send the terms now. I'm going to send the job spec now. Like just. Park that shit for another hour, right? And just say, look, I've got a couple more calls to make. You expect an email from me probably in about an hour or so, but I've got to jump on another one off the back of this. Get back on the phone. And then often the times that you're sending those emails, you're doing that admin stuff or you're doing whatever list it is, it's gonna be the same email anyway, because it's coming from the same list. So if you're gonna be good at what you do, batch what you do, but like the first thing in the morning, you, like your day doesn't start in the morning your day starts the night before so plan the list in dead time or the good guys will do it whilst they're watching these standards or love island or whatever like they open the laptop make a list All right these are people i'm going to call tomorrow because they love it they just they love the thrill of this job and i think that well, you nathan, get a few you're... different types of people in this job but that there's definitely those people out there
0: yeah but nathan you you remember from the mastermind uh that was rich rosen's approach wasn't I... it
2: a hundred, a hundred percent. I've just, I've just been laughing as you've been saying it because everything you've just said, we, we've so we went through this kind of journey, journey for so like a actual <laughs> um, accountability massive. We, I completely changed the whole business. I think around accountability. We used to have so we do a little bit in. I mentioned like operational things, etc. And I think one of the guys just said the data isn't quite clean enough. And I said, well. We need a bit of accountability now. Well, we've got a marketing person. We've got an ops person. Go and work on it because that's fine, but you can't come to me in three months and say the exact same. So how are we solving that from now to how we're doing that in three months and giving people the accountability to go, let's go and sort it then. Let's be part of this and how. what do you need it to look like? Let's get it there. Because we've got to keep moaning about it. It's about the accountability of how we get there. And we're lucky that we've got that in there. And it's funny that you say the guy who does the cold calls, I massively agree. One of the biggest things that used to infuriate me when I used to work at my old place and managing a team was people would do a cold call. They'd be in this cold call rhythm. They'd be in this BD rhythm. Someone would say yes, and then they'd just stop what they were doing and go and do that. And I used to split my day into... There's a You'd probably quite like him, then. There's, there's a guy called Ryan Serhan, who's an estate agent. He's a real estate in America. He does all these sales... they like Serhan. Yeah, yeah. He's, he does... Um, <laughs> Yeah. There's something called find, do, follow. And he says, find prospects, split your day into three things. Find, just find new business, find new prospects and do that in a block. You don't do anything else other than that. Do, do the stuff you said you were going to do. And then follow is just follow up. Absolutely. And like, and exactly what you've just said there, I say to my guys, it's things you can't teach, unfortunately. And I'm not just saying that I've, I'm this perfect recruiter. I definitely wasn't. But looking back when I was building my desk, I was like, I'd be sat watching Netflix at night and there'd be something on, but I'd just be on LinkedIn. I'd just be connecting with new directors in the sector. It's not hard. Like, just send... Well, like what If I were on my phone, instead of being on Instagram or Twitter, just go on LinkedIn and just connect with people at night. Like It's just little things like that. If you're doing that, if you're connecting with 20 different people a day, mm. it's you're setting yourself up for the next day. Because then the next day, they're in my find. They're in the people I'm going to prospect the next day. They're in the people I'm going to follow up with. They're with that. They're with this. And it's just... You're absolutely right about the. It starts the night before. Absolutely, Um the amount of guys who used to come in and they just go. They'd sit down at nine o'clock, and by half past nine, they'd made the plan. Ten o'clock, they'd had the fifteenth coffee, so they've pulled themselves up to go and do it. The best people are the best people who are prepared, and that is absolutely right. And I think it is. This is what we said earlier, isn't it, about that hustle culture of you can't train certain things. That is just a mentality thing. And you've either got that or you haven't. And you can try and prepare people in the business to be mm. like that. And you can coach people and you can show people the good examples, but people just need to do it. And yeah. I, I, do- I
0: wonder about that. I I think, so as an industry, we like to bring in people without experience. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. 100%, yeah. yeah. And, we like to indoctrinate them over a two month period. Again, any objections? No, I think so. Okay, so, so we do that to create the the sense of urgency in the hustle culture. And then after those two months, we know who we're keeping and who who's not going to make it. And and we kind if one and three make it, we now have two brackets, the ones that are going to be okay and maybe the outlier. So it, I think you can create it to a point And the metrics define that. But how do we keep it? How do we keep that going beyond the first bit when they're experienced, when things get a bit cushier? Like, what what are our thoughts on that?
2: Is it not not fair to say, though, that in any era, like what you've just said, I've I've always said the exact same, by the way. I used to work at a business where we'd hire grads, we'd hire eight of them. And I always say, when we're in these grad meetings, I say, one's going to be awesome. Yeah. Three is going to be good. Two are going to be absolute crap and they'll be gone within the first month. And that is like talking brutally. That's what's going to happen. They're just not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Two in about two, three months time, we're going to be having conversations of about are quite right. And I feel like that is the same with absolutely everyone I talk to. And is that just not a case of not everybody is an elite performer. Mm. And can take some people to do it. And it is a case of that is the reason that people are elite performers. You know, there is, there is the half a million pound billers and they are niche and they're niche for a reason because they are in the top 20 percent they are in the top 10 20 percent and that just
1: comes straight through with the grads and is that not just because it's a personality and a and a work rate it's it's a bell curve right and the thing is that the bell curve in your company can be like within the top 20 percent like the your average performance can be top 20 percent in in industry if if your culture's right i do believe that and and you're absolutely bang on in the way that you have to have the bottom 80 percent to have the top performers it's i always talk about the three r's right and this is stolen from the software world where they talk about this a lot um to grow the business you need to recruit the right individuals and these are the only three things they believe that like a sales leader should be interested in right recruiting the right individuals like a players um driving revenue like getting them very 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 profitable but then the third R, which i think is actually starts to become the biggest issue when you've got good people is is retaining them and that's the piece where like if someone's if someone's destiny is to start their own recruitment business like and that's like you know they're a founder and that's they've got that in them very difficult to keep those people mm-hmm. so you, you kind of want to keep like you want to keep them as long as possible but it's also yeah. it's it's getting those average people yeah. to very good I think is the real key to to, to running a very profitable business. I, I absolutely agree
2: with that. Absolutely agree that I think if you can get your average performers to being good performers, that's what changes a business. I absolutely agree. If you can get that extra 25% out of the average to make them good billers, that's absolutely right. The people who don't just do kind of what is expected and just go that little but above if you had that with absolutely every business then yeah you that's where you find you that's your secret sauce isn't it really yeah
0: 1.7 deals a month is there is the kind of the striving point for the middle line and the plcs do that quite well because their growth and their cash and all of that means that these average people become managers and the outlier goes and joins a boutique goes and sets up by themselves. But that's okay because they've made them enough profit within the 18 months to three years for for it to work out.
2: Yeah, it's it's really, really funny, actually, that you just said that, isn't it? Because, you know, when I had the conversation with the people that I mentioned who you won't hear anymore, I did say the difference between being okay and a really good performer can literally be two deals a month. Yeah. Mm. You can get yourself two more deals a month And I says, when I'm talking to you about that, that you work 40, 50 hours a week, whatever you work, and I'm saying I need to send two more CVs that are going to get a job in the space of that month, and that will transfer you, and it will probably make you an extra £20,000, £30,000 a year on top of what you're earning now. That is how small the metrics are, that your inputs just need to produce an extra two CVs that are really
1: good a month. But they're choosing that. Like average is a choice. Like, yeah, that And sad. that's the thing because they, they, I think these are the same people that they're not whilst they're watching Love Island are on, um, they're not going on LinkedIn. They're not doing that. They're, they're choosing like after, after five o'clock, that's my time. Right. And um, which is absolutely fine. But you know, that's, that's a choice. I think you, to be, to be very good. And it, often as well, this, this is, the good to great is really where like I get my kicks from, right? I, I, the one-on-one stuff, I enjoy it. Like, you know, I enjoy the content, but the good to great, getting someone from average to exceptional, like that's where I really get my kicks. And it can often be that someone like you take an engine, for example, right? It's firing on, you know, maybe three out of four cylinders. It can sometimes be a really small tweak that, and it could just be tightening the spark plug. And then suddenly this thing roars into life. So being able to spot the potential within I think the first thing is to get the potential within your business, right? It's to hire well and to 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 breed those types of people into your business. And then it's having the skills to go, right, what levers do I need to pull to get that person from there to there? And it sounds like you've got a really good formula within your business, Nathan, for sure. We have.
2: And just to and just to make it uh like clear exactly what we said. And when, when I first started this, our, our aim wasn't to build this multi-million pound corporation that makes this. Our, the whole purpose of us building this was to try and build a middle ground. We want to be a high performing culture that feeds into your lifestyle. You know, I don't want to be a culture of, I expect people here till nine o'clock at night. I'll be the person that if they're here till nine o'clock at night, I say, we well, need to be off what you're doing. Like, you know, let's, let's find the middle ground. I want the high performers and I want that. I want the people that I have to tell them that you've done enough, let's go and do it. You know, I I, I want that. The whole reason I started this was not to, you no know, we've spoke about hustle culture, but I, we want a good lifestyle. You know, we want something that can build into what people are doing. My dream has always been that people will work for, work for this business and will be part of this business because they want to be, they're making good money, they're doing well, but they've also got that balance, you know, and that is, and we look after people and that's mm. the key thing. Um, there are businesses out there that you will go and earn an extra 20-30% you'll be pushed that extra 20-30% that is fine, we know what our niche is now, we know that we're there for them people who are good at what they do, they enjoy what they do and they want that control over their own life and we'll give you that as long as we're still a high performing culture You know, let me, high- let,
0: me, let me ask a question there, just on that high performance yep. versus burnout so um, yep. Roy Keane talks about stress being a positive thing and we know that we monitor like sports performers uh by by the different colors of the st- of the stress that they're putting on their body I think you can only have so much in the red zone before somebody burns out how do we how do how do we know how close they are to that in recruitment and what's the difference between getting driven at that at the start to make sure that the engine works right to uh, I'm I'm stressed. I, I, I can't do it. Like, what, what do you, what do you think, Dan? Cause you've, you've come from one of those businesses that's well known for just driving people really well. Mm. Um, and you've now seen so many other different businesses that are so par to that. So w- where does that live?
1: I think if you're going to do something, do it well, right. If you're going to work, work really well, be efficient in what you're doing. I mean, the worst the worst thing in the world is being at work and thinking about home life, right? Yeah. And then being being at home thinking too much about work. Like, it, there's definitely a cuss-off It's for me, it's about compartmentalizing and segmenting, and also, like, if if you're gonna go on holiday, go on holiday well. Like, you know, take the time. Like, yeah, sometimes it's difficult being a founder. Like, it's it's a pretty unique position. But
0: it takes it takes years to be able to have that holiday. I think yeah. I got it
1: this year but then you've, you've, you've earned it. Right. And and people will look at you and just look at the success and think like, oh, well, you know, isn't it okay for, oh, I'm just going to start my, they don't see the hard yards. I think you've got to, you've got to put in the graph at the beginning. And it's similar when you're running a desk. I think that takeoff period where the plane's getting off the ground, yeah. I don't think there's room for personally. I don't think there's room for have a great life. I think if, if you're serious about building like a desk that's, that's probably going to pay you for the rest of your career, once you've built a niche and you're really into that niche and, you know, you're you're a very, very, very good biller, chances are you're not leaving that niche, right? And you might even start a business off the back of it. And yeah, you might be able to take a bit of time off. I think in the early days, you've got to work hard. You've, you've got to build something. It's not easy do take the time for sure like take a holiday but take in the beginning i think take one week not three <laughs> and, people uh, want people want, Nathan, people want to
0: no, no, if we if we turn this to you not your team are you taking care of your own, your own health and make it yeah sure
2: yeah i i don't mind i don't mind saying i'm i'm quite i'm always quite comfortable i i struggled probably i had that first that first year you're on this massive just yeah this training, you just at it at it at it mm. i had about 18 months of that and it got to the start of the year and remember like just not crashing completely but you know you think like i have i yeah. felt it and i i then needed to look after myself and the business got better from that i, I lost i lost about, I, I lost quite a bit of weight i'm in mm. the gym i'm looking yeah. after myself because i just yeah, I've lost about two stone. I was just like, very like, just right now, we've got to look after me. And now I've probably had a month or two where I was just very like, and and now I feel a lot better. And it is and it is a lot about that. I've still not managed to have that holiday yet um, of switching off for two, three weeks. But I've, I'm have i very comfortable this is what I chose. And if it was easy, everyone would do it as a founder. That's, that's my mentality. Maybe that's wrong. And over time, that will get a lot better. But... I've I've got better at little things. Like I could go on holiday, and it might be that I just spend this two hour block where I'm on my emails, you know. But I'll have two hours where I'm not looking at it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's things like that. Like, but that's that's the life that I've accepted because that's the ambition that I've got, and that's what I want to be. I remember even when I was building, when I was building this desk that you say. I remember going to Bali for ten days, and I remember running back to the room to go and do a phone call with a client because they need to negotiate a fee and things like that. And it was like, but I've always been that. Like I don't stress is a horrible word. So this is only for the want of a better word. I don't mind a bit of controlled stress. Like I like, I'm better when I'm busy, like when we're in a down period. And if we weren't busy, I would be worse than when I'm doing that. I I like being busy. I like spinning plates. That's where I find my comfort. So, and I'm, I'm, in answer to your question, I've gone on for about five minutes there. Yes, I've got a lot better at looking after myself. You're not I there yet,
0: me. but you're 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 learning. Yeah, I'm on
2: yeah. I'm on that journey, and and things will get better. You know, I say that I've just opened. We've just opened a second business in the last three months, but I love that. Like that's that's what we've signed up to do. You know, I think it is that, and I think if people, it it will be that. I've just spoken to two people who used to work in my old place. They've started their own business, doing really well. Yeah. First three four months great. People aren't paying invoices, so yeah. you start getting stresses like that. Things like that. Like no matter how good it's going as a founder, yeah. you're always going to have these things that come up that will just come up, and it is that thing of even when you're trying to run a, a boutique as a one man band that is working around your family life, you're still going to have them stresses. Yeah. It is that's just part of it. And I think Dan, can-
0: I Dan, I know you're on your own journey with this at the moment, and you you almost hit burnout when you were. When you were when you were launching that company last year and you came here we put on the gloves we we got after it and 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 now i see a weight set up in your back in the back in the, in the back area
1: there and between sessions <laughs> between and it's just getting in right it's like between sessions i'm trying to yeah. uh do a few sets and i've got five minutes like jump on the weights it's a it's a great setup yeah um but i I just listened to Nathan talk there and, you know, people, there are going to be people that listen to this and go like three lads on their high horse, toxic, you know, more stuff, the same. Like they're probably not the audience. Firstly, secondly, there's nothing like I listened to the the Barley story and I think that is healthy. I do think that is healthy. It's, It's healthy to care about your business whilst you're away. I think to, to go, do you know what guys I'm on holiday? Nothing matters. You know, I'm not reachable you know, let, let the, let the walls burn down. How's that help? How's that healthy for anyone? Like you, you've you yeah. got to, there's, there's a balance, but you know, when it's, especially when it's your baby, like you want to make sure that it's okay. And um, there's finding, it's finding balance. Balance is just the key, isn't it?
2: Balance. Yeah. Is the key. And it's having the right and like, without going too much into out of recruitment life, it's having the right people in your life that understand that as well. So I, I mean, you could start a business with your wife my daughter as we're checking it, but you, you know, you, you're not moving away from that. But it's having the right people that understand that, not it? You know. let's all be is...
0: clear: she works harder than me, right?
2: So, oh yeah, we, um, we all know. <laughs> we, like, like, like,
0: I'm talking about hustle culture here. I've got a personal, I've got a personal trainer. I got a, I got a daily yoga routine, and I do jiu-jitsu in the evening. So, like, I'm balanced, right? But. I'm able to do that for a couple of reasons. One, she is in my life and she organizes a lot of stuff. But the, the the main bit is if it's a repetitive task, I make note of it, I give it to somebody else. If it's a bullshit meeting, I don't do it. Like uh, you know, uh, Napoleon said like if it's a if it's really important, it'll come back in 6 months time and I'll have to deal I'll have to deal with it. But we like there's so much bullshit meetings that you don't need to do that you can get somebody else to do in your business or repetitive tasks. So if it's marketing, operations, scheduling, um, and even I think if you're building a business, the bit that all founders have to learn is they're not as special as they think they are. And that control piece that you were trained is important but it's holding you back from freeing you up and it's also holding you back from making your staff accountable for that and then if there's a skill gap then you train that and then you make them accountable so it's it's that journey that we go on as a founder to get to a point where okay no no this is what I'm good at as you said earlier I'm going to focus on this and if I keep myself healthy then I'll be able to do this for longer you you ever listen to that episode of Joe Rogan where he says he promises himself certain things on a Sunday night. So this week I will have four yoga sessions, five MMA, X amount of weightlifting. He does his archery, all of that. And he makes a promise and he he sticks to that. And then he fits everything else in around it. And as you said before, we did this for freedom. And to to get to that point, there's... There's some hard yards.
2: Yeah, absolutely that. And that's what I meant at the start when I said about this eight that 18 month period. I think I had to go back and go, I did this for freedom and I did this for a reason. But then like not being too hard on yourself and just accepting it. And that's I went through that journey of not not feeling sorry for I've never I'm not a feel sorry for myself kind of character. But what I mean is I was just like, Well, now this is what you signed up for, and this yeah. is and is that and I think if you've not got that element of, I think a lot of people glorify the concept of like I said, even being a one man band boutique, it's not as easy as what it seems. Even that when you're chasing invoice and you're chasing this and you've not got different revenue streams, it's not easy. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. So you have to accept the hard yards that come with it. And so that's just my- just on that. Um I've coached over a hundred one man bands,
0: and most of them have burnout. And yeah. they call it a lifestyle business, and they all have shit lifestyles. And they have a great lifestyle for a bit. And then they don't. And then they do. And then they don't. And it's because they haven't been taught how to train people, how to manage people. And they haven't learned how to do that. And then they're not accountable. So they're blaming other people. And it's a repetitive thing. You must have seen that, Dan. 100%.
1: Hundred percent, and this is the other side of it as well. Like I've I've seen your life firsthand, right? I've been to the rock, and <laughs> you know we've we've uh, we've we've rolled together, right? And yeah. I think that was a conscious choice to build that business. And you've built a business. You haven't like a lot of founders when they jump into that, like I'm going to go and work for myself because my my business is making all the profit, and they don't realize actually why they're giving up their billings is because there's way more to it. Is that they. They go and work for themselves and then they've got a job, but yeah. they haven't got a career. They haven't built a business. They've just got another job.
0: Gentlemen, we're almost an hour in, so uh, thank you so much. This is the most awesome, bald episode that we've uh, we've ever oh. done. W- when are we having a party on the rock? That's what I want to know. When you invite me. let's let 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 let's make that happen. And um, we're gonna have to let you have a play with our new platform. How's it coming along, Dan?
1: It is nearly cooked. So Charlotte's taking it to pieces. Uh, <laughs> we've got a hundred right now. hundred and thirty-five videos that have been edited, scripted, purposely written for twenty twenty-three and beyond. It's not legacy. This is how it works in two thousand five. This is today's content, right? And I said to Charlotte, I said to Delta, and they are rip this thing to pieces. Let's build something that is phenomenal. And we're nearly there, man. It's so exciting.
0: Well, we are nearly there, but Charlotte is ripping it to pieces as, as, as it stands. And it's awesome. But, To create anything, a product from scratch and download the information, all the information we have, all the information I've got off founders, all the information you've had from all the companies that you've trained and all the rest, and to put it into a coherent bit of kit that is going to train rookies up and empower founders to make better decisions. It's going to take a lot of work, Um, but I'm proud of it. Nathan, we'll have to get you on the beta of the project so we can get your eyes on it.
2: Sounds good. Yeah, love it
0: any last bits of advice for anybody who's got got up to the next stage, their business, you know, you've got people working for you, it's profitable. Like, what do you want to, what do you want to say to that one man band? Maybe
2: that's, uh, that's got aspirations. I think understand what you're good at. Throw your pride out the window. That was the big thing for me. Understand what you want to do and how you can make that work around you. Be willing to adapt. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to suck it up and do things and do things that you don't particularly love. But make sure that if there's exactly what you said, if there's something you don't enjoy doing, outsource it. There are so many options that you can free your time up to make sure you enjoy what you do and you keep that motivation for doing it and create accountability. People enjoy accountability. And if people don't enjoy accountability, then you haven't got the right people in the business. So get people in the business who want to be accountable for what they're doing and you'll be absolutely fine. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Daniel.